All right, let's go have a baby. <laughs> let's let's go make some babies. Yeah, I'm gonna go put a baby in you. <laughs> Dear Shandy, welcome back to Dear Shandy, listeners. Hello, Andy. Hello. How are you today? Doing okay. How are you? Only okay today. I'm doing exactly okay. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. Is that because of what we're about to talk about, or is it just? Oh no, just it's an okay day. <laughs> It's neither good nor bad. <laughs> I'm reading into it too much. Well, we do have a very exciting guest mm-hmm. here today who I, whose DMs rather I slid into. I made a, I made a move slid, on our guest yeah. today because I have for months now, I would even say maybe even over a year, I have been wanting to talk about this mm-hmm. and it's been hard to find the right guest for this. It, it mattered a lot to me that they hit a couple of key points. Mm -hmm. And so when I found Madame Kelty McGuire, I was like, please, 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 please come on our podcast. And she was ever so kind. Madame suggests French. It sounds a little like, oh, Kelty McGuire. (laughs) It's not, I don't think it's, I think you're in the wrong language. Or she is actually in Munich. So I should have said Frau Kelty McGuire. Mm -hmm. Anyway. Please don't. (laughs) (laughs) I won't. Okay, so our guest today is Kelty McGuire, who is a clarity coach and the founder of the seven-week online course titled Get Clarity. She is also child-free by choice. Mm -hmm. This combo of things makes her really an invaluable guest, I think. And she can be found on Instagram at Kelty McGuire. That's K-E-L-T-I-E-M-A-G-U-I-R-E. Kelty McGuire, as you said, Andy. And at her website, keltymcguire.com. All linked below in the description. Kelty McGuire. I, for some reason, can't just say Kelty. I have to say McGuire. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. And my laugh preceded your introduction. So I was like, I snuck in there. But um, I had someone actually say to me yesterday, she said, oh, you're Kelty McGuire. She goes, I don't recognize your face. She's an entrepreneur here in Munich. But she said, I know the name. And I thought, oh, well, isn't that nice? Well, yeah. Oh, yes. What that means. It's, I know. <laughs> it's always cool when, when your reputation precedes you in any kind of way. Mm-hmm. Especially when you do what you do. I mean, you help people find clarity. I mean, how cool is that? Everyone wants clarity. Who doesn't? Yes. That's true. Yeah. I think sometimes to a fault, which we'll get to. Mm-hmm. But first, I have a disclaimer, as I often do with topics like this, just to nip things in the bud. Basically, none of us here are licensed therapists. Are we all in agreement on mm, this? I think so. And Correct. this topic manages to be both massive, I think larger than any of us, and also incredibly personal at the same time. And so really, this is intended as just a conversation for you, Shandies, to reflect on as you listen. It's not meant to serve as black and white or one size fits all advice. Sound good? Well said. Sounds perfect. You said it beautifully. So Kelty, sometimes these hot topic episodes are really more about like cold hard advice and like this is what you should do to handle xyz and i think we can all agree this is more of a personal topic and so therefore it feels right to get to know you as a person so basically we want to know about you your background how you came to wind up in munich and also i understand your child free by choice hashtag child free by choice and i'm curious how you came to officially make that decision so many questions. I'm wondering how much time everyone has <laughs> <Yeah>. today. <laughs> oh, well, me as a person, I mean, I like to describe my, my background, my history is sort of rich and colorful as far as having done lots of different interesting things, at least career-wise. Um, I'm from Canada. I live in Munich, Germany. I'm married to a German man. We have a Mexican dog. 
We like to think of ourselves as a very international <laughs> bunch. Uh, my dog's been to 12 countries, which is more than I think a lot of people have. Wow. <laughs> impressive. Uh, yeah. And I, I spent some time living in Sydney, Australia. So definitely love the expat life. And with regards to the child free by choice question, uh, I, I think you'd ask me when we were preparing for this, like, how did it come to that decision? And I would say painstakingly, like it was, mm. it was not easy. And I think that's why this conversation is so important because my sense is from a lot of people in this child-free community or amongst people who are parents is that you either know or you don't, like, you know, you want to be a parent or, you know, you definitely don't want to do it, be a parent. But I think it's tough to have this conversation around uncertainty and ambivalence. And I think there's sometimes not a lot of room for that. Like, it's almost not acceptable to say like, I don't know, I kind of want a kid, but I kind of don't. So mm -hmm. I totally agree. I think that it does tend to be sort of like all or nothing, or we're told that there's something wrong with us if it's not. Like it would almost be better to just be so clear that you're against it than to than to be unsure. Mm -hmm. So I really relate to what you're saying. And I'm just wondering how you came to that decision on your own, like how old you were, what your upbringing was, if it was something you, you know, how had you been marinating on this throughout your your youth and adulthood? Yeah, I would say for quite a long time. So for context, I'm 40 now and I would say First of all, like in my upbringing, I had what we'll call like quite a traditional sort of nuclear family upbringing, you know, mom, dad, there were three of us kids, I was the eldest. And I really didn't see or hear of anyone who didn't have kids. Mm. Like I would say virtually every family friend, every family member, all relatives, they all had kids. And so I think for me, there was never necessarily a certainty that I wanted kids, but it was just this thing that people did. And so I assumed that I would have kids as well. The way I describe it is sort of the, the, like the actual wanting never really arrived. So as I got older, you know, you're in your early 20s, your mid 20s, late 20s, you kind of think like, I have time, you know, medicine, society, they do us this helpful slash unhelpful thing of telling us that like, you're fine until you're 35. And then your fertility basically disappears overnight. Mm -hmm. So I was I was waffling back and forth and feeling so much um, analysis paralysis over the whole thing for so long that I eventually told myself in my early 30s give yourself until you're 35 to make this decision. And, and I should mention for context, like I've been with my now husband since I was 27. So at that point in my early thirties, it was like, I'd been in this long-term relationship. I knew I, this was the, the person that I you know, hope to spend my life with. That was a plan. We, we of course can have kids outside of partnership. It's not a necessity, but I think a lot of people think, okay, you, you find a partner and then you decide to have mm -hmm. kids. And so I had the partner and I just felt really uncertain. And so when I was about 30, I was so sort of fraught about the whole topic. I said, give yourself until you're 35 to decide, like, don't think about it now. And then when you're 35, you can make a decision. I'm not sure if that was helpful or not helpful because it was sort of like this looming deadline, like, okay, I'm 32, I'm 33, I'm, now I'm 35. And I still didn't have clarity when I was 35. And I kept pushing it back because I didn't feel like it was something I should go into feeling like, yeah, I kind of, I guess I maybe could have kids, but I don't really want to. But I also didn't feel like I could finitely say, I don't want to have kids. Mm. And so I guess I allowed myself to sort of like reside in this uncertainty for quite a long time. But then I would say like, after moving to Germany, it started to really bother me. And I started to really feel that pressure of time and thinking, okay, I'm 30. I think I was probably 37, 38. So I actually started seeing a therapist, or not a therapist, I saw a coach about this topic mm. to help sort through my feelings. And so she wasn't specialized in this topic per se. She actually happens to be a mom 
but she helped me shed a little bit of light on things. And I would say that coupled with the work I've done in my own coaching business, spending a lot of time, not just thinking about this question of kids or no kids, but really how do I want my life to look? Being intentional about the kind of life I'm designing. I think this is one piece of the equation that people tend to forget is this is not just a question of, do I want to be a parent? This is a question of how do I want to live? Like, what is it I'm creating here? Mm -hmm. And so doing all of that, it's something that I would say like by increments, I've become more and more confident in my choice. Yeah. And I consider myself now like a confident 99%. I still have that 1%, which yeah. we can talk about, but yeah, it's, it's like, it's crept closer to that as the last specifically two years have gone by. Okay. What, yeah. sorry, just what put you at that 99%? What was, what was the final? Yeah. Was push? there an aha moment or did it yeah. just happen over time as you chipped away at it? Or like, I'm, yeah. I'm yeah. Was there too. a moment you're walking along and you're just like, Oh, of course, I'm not having kids. Yeah, and how long did it take? Because I know you said a couple of years, but like, were you 50-50 when you were 35? You, you, you're gonna see we're very into numbers yeah. and analysis here. And I even have, you said analysis paralysis. I have it in my notes as well, that exact term. So I'm also curious, how did you come to 99% versus say 80? And also of that 99%, what percent was your husband's influence? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Well, that's a whole separate question and we yes. can totally address that, but like, mm -hmm. there's a lot of parts to this. Now, first of all, I may have done a little bit of, um, sleuthing around. I know you like numbers. I know about Andy <laughs> and like the 36 year old man, like that's when he's mature. We can, we can debate right. that after the that's show. Right. Good student. Um, Good student. yeah, not, you know, 99%, this isn't like scientifically sound or anything <laughs> like that. So first of all, I'll talk to why I've left that 1%. And that is I'm somebody, it's hard for me. And, you know, I kind of, I, I like, we kind of chuckled a little bit when I said to my husband, said, you know, my husband, the, the person I hope to spend the rest of my life with, I'm a pretty pragmatic person in the sense that like, I recognize things can change. And as much as I love my husband to death, hope we can be with each other to the ends of this earth, maybe into the next lifetime or 10, <laughs> I recognize that like, I think most people have that sort of idealism, like it, we're going to be together forever. And so for me, like similarly with having kids, there may be a day in the future when I really have this urge or desire to have my own children. And that may or may not be available to me. Um, it may not be possible. I, I may not go down that path, but like, I love this idea of like, for me, it actually brings me a little bit of comfort to feel like I can leave the door open just a tiny, tiny bit. Hmm. Um, now on the flip side, why 99%? How did I inch up that way? So one of the questions that has actually given me so much freedom is first of all, asking myself, like, what do I ultimately want in my life? Like, how do I want to feel, you know, what do I hope to get from this time on, on earth? And ultimately I want to feel joyful and fulfilled. Like it, it sounds simple. Of course, there's different paths to get there, but I'm like, I want to feel like good in these connections that I have with people, the work that I do, my relationships, my pursuits. And I want that to bring me joy. And I thought, okay, I want to feel joyful and fulfilled. And then I asked myself the question, do you believe that you can feel joyful and fulfilled if you were to be a mom? And although I have certain reluctance of like, I don't know if I'd love everything about it. I thought, you know what, ultimately I think I would find joy and fulfillment in that. Like, this is just the kind of person I am that like, I will choose to embrace that. Should I go down that path? Likewise, if I decide not to have kids, do I believe that I can have a joyful, fulfilling life? And I do think I can have a really wonderful, fulfilling life because I'm, I'm living that right now. Like I mm. feel very mm. good in where I'm at. So you might say, well, wouldn't that leave you 50-50? Actually, for me, it freed me up so much to feel like the weight of the choice had been taken off. 
Mm. It was like, you know, I can be happy either way. So then it comes down to like practical things, which, you know, also emotional things. Like, how do I feel when I think about being, becoming a mom? Um, You know, I think a lot of us um, or people who choose to become parents or anything in life, like we tend to look at that ideal version of it. I think a lot of people think about like getting older and being at like the family reunion and you have the kids and the grandkids and everyone has this beautiful relationship. Again, maybe it's that like pragmatic side of me. It might not be like that. Like you may not have a great relationship with your Mm -hmm. kids. Your kids may not live in the same country. Like I don't live in the same country as my mom. Like Mm -hmm. your kids may not live as long as you do. Like there's all these different factors. And so for me thinking about all those things, I just kept coming against this roadblock where I was like, no, don't really see myself being a parent. No, don't really know if I like this gamble. Don't know if I love like my concerns that I have around like raising children in today's world, all these things. And I thought if everything's coming up against with a no, like why would I then go with a yes? Mm. Aside from fear, which I think is a really big one. Okay. Okay. So that, that, that is a whole other box of what, I was going to say box of worms, a can of worms. Uh, there could also be a box of it worms. Totally could be a box, as long as it's watertight. <laughs> is, that, uh, is that the requirement? Yeah, squirm out. Okay, it's so interesting when you said that. Like, I feel like they're you're both super pragmatic, and also you have such a positive outlook because when you talked about. Um, Oh God, you just said so much. There's like so much that my mind is wrapping around right I now. I tend to say a lot. I hope you did your research with that part of me. <laughs> yeah, that... Yeah. <laughs> Never short on words. Yeah. yeah. There's no yes or no answers here. Yeah. You Ooh. you had uh, definitely a more positive outlook than I feel like I tend to have, which and I admire that where you were like, well, I think I could be happy and fulfilled either way. And so there is no wrong choice. For me, I tend to look at it from the side of like, well, you're going to regret it either way. <laughs> so yeah. there yeah. is no wrong choice mm-hmm. to, to some degree. You know, I mean, I yeah, think that, I get people, that. Uh, we will get to regret, obviously, towards the end. For some reason, regret feels like something you should talk about later. Yes. So let's move on then. As a clarity coach, would you say this is something that you see a lot with your clients? Yeah, it's interesting because I think, you know, the questions I've supported people on, I guess, historically, like in the last few years of my business have been more so around clarity with regards to work, you know, business owners, professionals, this question of like, what do I actually want? What direction am I going in? I think a lot of the people I support, they have businesses and lives or professions that look good on paper, but they don't actually feel good to inhabit. So they, Mm. they maybe are pursuing someone else's version of success or they don't feel yeah, they're, they're maybe going through the motions a little bit. And so I, I think that actually ties in really well to this conversation. And the, the bigger conversation I have with people is really like, what kind of life are you building? How do you want to feel? What kind of experiences do you want to have? And we bring that down to like how we can help that show up in our jobs or our businesses, et cetera. Um, I wouldn't say the child-free question is one that I have done a huge amount of work with in my coaching business, mm. which isn't to say I wouldn't want to, because I love this topic. So if you're listening <laughs> and you want to get coached on this, like hit me up. Yeah. Um, but just in conversation, like th- this is coming up so much. And one thing I want to say is that I think whatever path we decide to go down, even if it's just we're exploring. So maybe you have somebody listening or a whole bunch of people listening who aren't sure, like kind of lean into this question, this, this, child-free choice, just to see how that feels. Like there's some great communities online, for example, check out podcasts like this one, 
have conversations with other women or men that you know who don't have kids yet or, or who do to ask them, like, how did you make this choice? You know, what made you, did you ever have decisiveness? Did you kind of like throw yourself into it thinking, oh, I'm not sure, but we'll see how it goes. So for me talking to a lot of people, just whether it's people I'm coaching, but also just peers of mine, other business owners, et cetera, has been really freeing. It, I, it's funny you talk about that. Like the idea of community, I think, plays a bigger role in this than we believe just as, you know, all my friends who I grew up with, like friends from high school or who mm-hmm. all stayed in Ottawa, like I think that if you're surrounded by friends who are all getting married by a certain age and having kids by a certain age and having a certain number of kids by a certain age, having a home and cars and just what looks like exactly what you described, like your youth, and it was certainly mine as well, just where everyone around you does that. It's what you do. I do think that subconsciously you just sort of take that on. Yeah, well, to some degree, you have to actually do work to even get to the point where you realize you have a choice in the matter. Yes. And sometimes the choice isn't necessarily your friend. I mean, in this case, it obviously is. But I think Mm -hmm. sometimes I mean, analysis paralysis, you know, the idea of looking around and being like, like for us, for example, in New York City, most of our friends aren't aren't married. A lot of them are single there. Some of your high school friends have kids. Yeah. But in general, it does create a different kind of community where you're like, oh, wait a minute. You, you can't help but compare and think, I don't actually have to do that. And then the, the, then I think it's sort of you sort of spiral in thinking about all the options you do have. And I think it does sort of tie in your the cool life you've created for yourself. Like you said, you love the expat life. How well, this wasn't on my list, but it begs the question, how much do you think that your lifestyle has informed this decision? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a great question. I've thought about this recently, I would say to a quite a large degree. And I think part of it is being able to step outside of everything else that you know, and really intentionally say like, okay, I'm moving to a new country. How do we want things to look? Who do we want to surround ourselves with? And I think, you know, we, we maybe get this kind of chance or do over what have you at certain points in our life. But typically I think it's when maybe when we're a little bit younger, like let's say going from high school to working or college to out, you know, out into the the quote unquote real world. Mm -hmm. But I don't think we often take these kind of opportunities to reinvent ourselves. Now, I will say one of the sort of like, I guess an impetus for us deciding to move here, which I mentioned my husband's German, but we've been living in Canada together for almost 10 years when we decided to move here. Part of it was seeing the people around us, most of them, not all, but a lot of them having children. And, you know, we love our friends with kids. A lot of our friends have kids here and there. But I think what we saw was like everything changing around us, people moving outside the city because it's expensive, you know, living in the suburbs, Mm -hmm. having kids, they're busy with kids' lives, understandably. And it was a little bit this feeling of almost stagnancy for us where everything was kind of moving and really dynamic around us. And I thought we can either watch everything around us sort of change and shift, or we can decide to actually, uh, you know, engineer our own lives and decide what's next for us. And so- Mm -hmm. We didn't know for sure we didn't want kids, but we're like, we don't want kids right now. Mm-hmm. And of course, you you say that for so long. You're like, I've been saying that for the last decade that we've, you know, we've both been saying, like, not right now, not right now. It's like, well, maybe just not ever, which leads me to something else I want to share, which is I think when we think about not having kids, we think about not having kids is like the lesser than choice. When we're feeling unsure, right? It's mm-hmm. like you were losing something. You were losing the potential to have this amazing bond. You or were you losing- feel you feel like you're a bad person in society. Or eyes. selfish. You're, you're yeah, selfish, and, and a lesser person. That's that's the message we're, that we're told, right? Like, for example, as women, being a woman is inequivocally linked with motherhood. 
in our Mm -hmm. society. Right. So us deciding to like, maybe I don't want to be a mom. It's, I mean, Oh God, there's so much we can say on this, but (laughs) I think, you know, for us deciding to make this move, the big question we asked ourselves was, of course, things are going to change. You know, my whole family lives there. Um, we have great friendships. We love Vancouver. We had, you know, we miss craft beer, all those things, (laughs) but we looked at what do we stand to gain? And I think that can be a really powerful question for people right now who are navigating this uncertainty or ambivalence. If you were to think about not having kids, what might you stand to gain? Like not just looking at your kid, your life as the omission of children, but what might you do a little bit differently with the freedom that that would afford you that you probably wouldn't otherwise have? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And even vice versa, that same question could be asked, what do you have to gain by having children? It's you're touching on some it's they're deceptively simple. What do you want your life to look like? But I also think that with regards to this topic and even careers, honestly, it's funny how they're all linked in a way. You don't really stop and think about it that much. So that brings me to a line from Eat, Pray, Love, a very famous book that goes, having a baby is like getting a tattoo on your face. You really need to be certain it's what you want before you commit. So my question for you is, A, do you think this is true? And B, how do those on the fence reconcile that with the constant messaging that if you're on the fence, if you're not a hard no, just go for it? This is such a tough question to answer because I think it's going to be different for you and what you ultimately are okay with. Like it's, it's, it's your sort of risk or gamble, right? Like ultimately yes. you're the one who's going to suffer the consequences, so to speak, <laughs> either way, like whether you yeah. have kids or not. Right. One thing I want to say is people who are uncertain, who are kind of waffling about this, I say kudos to you because you're really asking yourself, what do I want? You know, is this something I want? And I do think there's a large percentage of people who it's like, well, you just have kids because that's what you do. They never question things. And so I understand there's a downside to maybe questioning everything and you send yourself into a bit of a frenzy. But I also think there's something really beautiful about being intentional in our lives, regardless yes. of what front that's looking at kids, career, relationship, you name it. However, I have a good friend, for example, and she said to me, she said, you know, in some sense, I could go either way. And her husband was really keen and she thought, okay, let's do this. And she has kids and she loves it. And she said to me, you know, it's great. I like being a mom not everything about it all the time. She said, I know I also could have been really happy not having kids. And so she's actually kind of on the other side of where I am now saying, I could have a great life either way. She didn't have 100% certainty. She Mm. did go into it. But in my opinion, for myself, I don't believe it's something that I should feel like I have to do or that I'm sort of quote unquote, like forcing myself over the the precipice. Some people might be okay with that. Like I, again, I think I don't want to dodge the question, but I think you have to look at what you personally are okay with. Mm-hmm. How much risk do you want to assume, quote unquote, like for, for good or bad? Like, again, there's wonderful things about being a parent. And of course, coming out, this is a child-free person. I, I probably have a certain bias, but there's amazing things to gain from that. But like, I'm not okay doing something unless I have maybe not a hundred percent confidence, but I shouldn't be like toss a coin or. Mm-hmm. Well, it's, it's also, <laughs> I mean, it's irreversible. Yes. I feel like I'm all too aware of that. Like I can marry you. If we, if things don't work out, we can get divorced. Oh, I can get divorced right now. (laughs) But having a kid is, you just cannot take that back. And I think that that is something that people maybe think too much about because we just do have so many options today and you can even get that tattoo on your face removed, you know, you can True. And also so maybe that ta- that's not the best analogy. <laughs> also that the tattoo on your face doesn't, you know, shit its pants on an airplane. It's very limited in what it what it 
The negativity. My fear is not so much the shitting their pants on the airplane. It's more so the screaming, the screaming. during a red eye. On <laughs> what about the, the screaming while shitting their pants on the airplane? Uh, yeah. yeah, the shit doesn't concern me. It's the yeah, yeah. You're okay with shit. Yeah, it's sound gets me. Sound. Yeah. 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 I don't mind filth. It's yeah. okay. Yeah, that's good. Okay, what you were just saying, Kelty, got me thinking too that there's also varying degrees of uncertainty. It's like even to look at it through this horrible example that I gave you, the, the, the tattoo on the face. <laughs> but even that's to say that, for example, you're all in, you're, I don't know, it's black and white, exactly as you said at the beginning. You're either all in or you're either a yes or you're a no, and there's no room for this sort of uncertainty. But even within the uncertainty, there's varying shades of gray. It's not like, oh, it's all that same shade of gray, so that if you're unsure, you should go for it. That kind of irks me when people mm-hmm. say that because it's like, but my unsure, it doesn't really look like your unsure was before you had kids and decided that you loved it and it was for you. It's so interesting how charged this topic is because it is so personal and I feel like just covered in defensiveness all around. And I'm sure you found this like you I'm sure you've told people who have children that you have chosen to be child free and then it's almost a defensive reaction. True or false to some people, not all. I I feel really lucky. And I will say, I think this has made my choice a lot easier because I've received very little pushback from people. I would say when I was uncertain, I got more Mm -hmm. pushback from people being like, oh, but like, aren't you going to be lonely when you're old? Or like, you're going to miss out on that a little bit. It's interesting since, and it's really only been in the last year since me saying to people, Chris and I don't want kids. I don't want to be a mom. You know, this isn't Mm -hmm. what we're going to do. People are like, cool, <laughs> sounds, wow. sounds lovely. Like parents and non-parents. I, I'm super blessed that way. And I realize it's not the norm. I think I saw a poll on one of my favorite accounts about this topic, We Are Child Free. And I think something like 67% said that their family is not accepting their choice. And I thought, this, mm-hmm. you know, this, this really, that's tough to contend with. And no wonder people feel so much pressure around this because a lot of this is dictated by it's what we do. It's the normal, healthy well-adjusted thing to do to have kids. So on that topic, advice for dealing with judgment from others, or more importantly, I guess, parents, in-laws, family members, like you said, the 60-some percent, who are not embracing your decision. Do you have any advice? A couple things. I think one is it's really important to find that community like we talked about, whether it be even if it's just one other friend of yours who's on the same page as you or maybe grappling with uncertainty or they embrace their choice. Um, you know, following some of these Instagram accounts like the one I just mentioned or listening to podcasts on this topic, that was something that probably actually pushed me like up a percentage or two. <laughs> I'm going to say 1.5%, Andy. It probably like pushed me back. <laughs> I, I accept. Well, but it's like I could relate so much to the stories that these other people were sharing. Um I would say, you know, having a professional um, sort of in your court, whether it be a therapist or a coach or somebody like that to be able to bounce all of this around with, I think can also be really helpful. And I will say, if you're grappling with uncertainty in any area of your life, in my experience, and I find this with my coaching clients as well, it's generally good to keep that somewhat contained until you reach certainty. And the reason why is if you're already feeling like you're making the pros and cons list, you change your mind every single day, anybody and their stuff, their opinions, their emotions on the topic, it's going to pull you one way or the other, right? Like Mm -hmm. you're like, oh, I kind of hate being a, I don't know, a a doctor. I'm thinking maybe I'm going to like 
quit and oh my God, you can't quit. You went to school forever. You're so good at being a doctor. Why would you do that? Whereas if you say to somebody, I've decided to leave my profession as a doctor, I'm going to like move to, I don't know, Hong Kong and teach English people for the most part are probably going to say, okay, cool. What I find is the more clear and firm we can be in our own choices. The I'm not saying it's always easy, but I think your people will find, I found this more, you pull more people along with you because people see that confidence. Whereas if you are waffling mm-hmm. other people, it's almost like, and it's not intentional, but they almost kind of prey on that. Now mm. that said, it doesn't mean that your mom or your dad or your sister, whoever is not going to give you flack or judge you. But again, if you feel firm in your choice, I think it'll make it easier for you to then contend with other people. Um, the last thing I would say is to set boundaries with people, like to let them know, Hey, I'm not comfortable with you saying that, you know, I'm not going to entertain conversations about that and potentially having topics that are going to be off topic when you're having, you know, family dinners, get togethers, et cetera. I find that so interesting how, when you came out as being firm, (laughs) no, (laughs) that it suddenly shifted that. I find that fascinating that people, it's almost like she was beyond hope. You're like, okay, yeah. it's a lost cause. Don't yeah. bother. Well, I mean, I think a lot of people, I think you're right. They do prey on even yeah. like that shade of gray I talked about. It's like, well, let me tell you my experience and mm-hmm. how and how that can be projected onto yours. So we talked briefly about in-laws and parents. That begs the question, how were yours about yeah. this? Yeah. So my dad passed away a few years ago. And up to that point, Chris and I had been together almost 10 years. The question of kids had never come up. He wasn't like a super emotional, touchy-feely type. So it wasn't anything we ever discussed. Um, My mom also, you know, I'm I'm really grateful. I've never had the like one to any of us kids. When are you going to give me grandbabies? You know, you guys should have kids. Um, she's really been hands-off with that. And frankly, a lot of, I would say most areas of my life, which has been a huge blessing. Her and I've had conversations about this and I'll say like my mom, she had a career before having kids. She didn't really like, she was a dental hygienist. She's like, it's not for me. She was able to stay home with us. Kids love being a mom. You know, being a mom is such a huge part of her identity. She, She wouldn't trade it for anything. And interestingly, my conversation with her around this and it's ongoing she's very supportive. She's like, you know, honestly, she said, if I were in your shoes, you know, having lived your life with the career you have living in a different country with the world being as it is all of these different things, she goes, I'm not sure I would have kids either. So she's very supportive of me. Um, I'm sure she'd be thrilled if I was to have kids, but like, she's Mm. also, she loves her. um, She calls herself dogma to our dog. (laughs) (laughs) She's also really into yoga and stuff. So it's quite funny. She's like, I'm dogma. Chris's parents, he has the quote unquote benefit of being the youngest of four kids. There are, I think, eight, seven or eight grandkids already. Oh, wow. Um, His mom has made comments to him. I mean, lucky for me because my German is quite good, but because both his parents speak only German, a lot of stuff just kind of goes over my head. I'm like, whatever. (laughs) I can be in this like, you know, blind bliss. His mom's made comments. I think his dad has said, you know, it would be nice if we had kids, but there's not a, they they think we'd be great parents. And I I think for me, I've never doubted my ability to Mm. rear children. I'm sure, you know, I'd be good at certain things and bad at others, just like we all are. Um, but you know, for the most part, people have been really accepting of it. Yeah. Okay. Based on what you just said, there's three directions I want to go and don't let me forget. One is the world we live in. The second is... I'm trying to remember what I want to say. I know. Too. Sorry. So sorry. Now you're, okay. You're, okay. There's too many things. There's a lot to think about. But first, just the most recent one, you talked about how you, you know, you would make such great parents. 
and how you don't doubt that. I do think it's interesting how often that is used as, uh, you know, when you are still in the waffling stage, an argument to, and I, and it's lovely. I do think it's a compliment, but it's interesting how that would be a reason. Cause I don't necessarily think that that alone is a reason. Yeah. And, and, um, something I often say to my coaching clients is just because you should doesn't mean, sorry, just because you can, doesn't mean you should. Mm -hmm. And this applies to anything, you know, um, I remember in school, uh, as I mentioned, you know, I, I, I pursued singing briefly, but I wanted to go pursue music at university and I had really good grades in the sciences and math. And of course the thought was you need to go into science. Like, why would you go do a bachelor of music degree when you can do science? And it's like, just because I could do science, just because I could have been a doctor like my dad, for example, doesn't mean that that was the right thing for me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think there's so many the different possible paths available to us. Just because we have the capacity or the capability of doing something doesn't mean it's the right thing for us. So I think we need to look at that intersection of like capability mixed with the desire to it's not just one or the other. Oh, what you just said resonates with me so deeply when it comes to my career. Wow. Just because, you know, like my whole youth, it's like, oh, you have this talent you have to you don't want to regret not pursuing it and you kind of just do it. And even though I do love facets of my career and Mm -hmm. I don't mean to make this about my career and not about. kids but in retrospect it doesn't really suit my personality at all and you're so young when you make that decision looking back you know you're like 16 17 years old it's crazy but and in a way your opera career is like a kid you had at 19 at 100 percent yeah i know that there are people who will disagree with that Yeah, there are moments of great joy and long stretches of misery Okay, do you remember one of the things you want to say? Because I have a couple. Sorry. <laughs> I laughed I ch- a little too hard I at that. I chime in infrequently. But. So the world has changed a lot in the last 100, 200 years. Obviously, if you and I were in a log cabin in like 1830, we would have had 15 kids by now. There's nothing else to do. You till the soil. You, you, you labor in the field. You come home and you deal with your kids and your kids are probably in the field, too. Yeah. You probably have kids to help you. With yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Who's going to push the plow? So anyway, <laughs> life has changed. We all have much more full and complicated lives, at least in the Western world, for the most part. And if you have a really full, exciting life, are you playing for the end? So the argument that, you know, you don't want to be old and not have kids and, you know, that's awful and lonely and sad. But wouldn't you rather play for the middle, the whole middle where your life is so full and exciting rather than play for that safety at the end? And I know at the end, you're gonna be like, oh, I kind of wish I had played for the end. But you shouldn't (laughs) be thinking about that person. Was that person selfish and misguided? Was they're scared? Yeah, but to play devil's advocate, you're making it sound like the middle is not also fun and fulfilling and something you would play for, like the actual process. No, I, I'm saying the, the middle is fun. Oh, no, but I mean of, of okay, you mean either with kids or without? No, without kids. No, but the, I'm saying that with kids, I'm sure a lot of people would say that that's yes, also. Yes, you can absolutely play the other side yeah. of that. But what I'm saying is if you had nothing in your life yeah. at all, you would want to have kids. Mm-hmm. That's the natural course. Yeah. If you have a lot of things going on in your life, you're probably less interested or it's it's more of a it's more of a an opportunity cost to have kids. Yeah. I find this very interesting. What you're touching on is really what we we touched on briefly. And I got to say, you know, we we, kind of skimmed over it and I wouldn't mind circling back to it. The idea of who will look after you when you're old. Mm 
because no question when we polled our listeners got more likes than this question. Mm -hmm. And it, of course, our, our listeners are very intelligent, bright people. And they even saw the, you know, how that is not really a reason, you know, but it nonetheless, it's can't, you can't help but be haunted by it. Like you said, Andy, to play for that end game is to Mm -hmm. look in the future and see how bleak it could look. And I know there isn't really an answer. You kind of touched on it, how there are no guarantees, really. You you don't know that your adult children will be A, around or B, interested in advocating for you at the hospital or, you know, or even wanting to visit you. There are no guarantees. Right. It's probably more likely than not. But nonetheless, there are, you know, countless people in history who did not have that. Yeah. So. Does anyone have anything to say about that? I don't really have a solution. To no, that. I mean, I think that the the phrase that comes to mind is Shakespeare's. It's better to have loved and lost than to have never loved at all. And I think that you can apply that to life without kids. And again, I'm I'm both playing devil's advocate and speaking what I actually feel. So you you could pick whichever one you want. But <laughs> I do think that in some ways. It is better to have had a hot romantic relationship with life and then it be gone at the end, maybe, than to just not. Than to never go there and then miss it. Yeah. And then, and then I, not be not have something. I mean, to not miss. to say again, again, you have to accept that we have to make this somewhat black and white. But yes, of course, you can have kids and have an exciting, amazing life. Mm-hmm. A lot of people do. Yeah. But I'm just saying you will sacrifice many things in most, most cases especially if you have two people who are working or involved in life, you will sacrifice those things that you could have done without kids. There's no question. So uh, you will ha- you will have never technically fully loved your life in the world hmm. is my point. Unless, I sorry, Kelsey, yeah. oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Unle- unless part of, I, I did not intend to jump in. I just have to Rebut. I know there's a hole in my argument. Yeah, there's a robot too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, how about you? You jump in. No, then. you jump. first. Well, because you're making it sound like to sacrifice and to love would not fulfill you and not in in a way end up showing your love for yourself. Does that make sense? Like, yeah, no, you, would, I, you learn so much more about yourself. Was gets, that your rebuttal, Kelty? A, a little bit. I, I think. Um, yeah, I mean, you can tell. I, I, I mean, in some sense, I don't know your perspective, but I would say you seem like you're leaning towards or are more enticed by the idea of not having kids, even this language around like an exciting, fun life or like really living life to you. That seems to be associated with not having kids, whereas having kids seems to be about sacrifice. And I would say that a lot of parents don't see that as sacrifice. Yes. Trade-offs. Yes. Life is different. Trade-off life is dis- different if you don't have kids too, right? Like you're we can argue you're missing out on that bond with your own child and those really fulfilling experiences of seeing right. you grow up, et cetera. Um, so, yeah, I just want to point that out. Like, I think there is sure. some bias there. Of course. Absolutely. Of course Absolutely. there is. <laughs> I think bias. it's all about what's your idea. First of all, is excitement and fun important to you? Because some people might be like, that's fine. I had excitement and fun when I was 20. I don't want that now. And then second of all, if it's important, what does that look like? Because it's going to be different for all of us. It's freedom. Freedom is really what I'm talking about. You can you can make freedom into whatever you want as a human. But freedom is really the thing that I'm talking about loving and mm. having lost. Yeah, so, I love it too. Yeah, yeah, it's a wonderful thing. That's a big if struggle. You use it well and you appreciate it. And you do lose a lot of that. So you do. 
Yeah. No, you use the wrong simplify. word, but if you you're right, if you insert freedom into your argument, yes. it changes it completely. Yes, I should have done that at the beginning. <laughs> I wasted yeah. a lot of time. But along those lines, there have been studies that and not ridiculous studies, like actually done by real people. Like real studies with real, real numbers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not like infowars studies. So the happiness quotient of people who never had kids or don't have kids late in their life is slightly higher than the happiness, average happiness quotient of people who had kids. And so that, and whether or not the studies are accurate or not, they're probably, they're probably fairly accurate. Who knows? It's, we're talking like two or 3%. It's not major. But if that's the case, then is life all about maximizing happiness? Or is it not about purely about the most happiness you can have, but is it more about the most Meaning. varied and 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 textured and experiential life you can have. So, you know, you can look at it two ways. One is happiness is water. It's just happiness. You can't quantify its interesting happiness or happy happiness or sad happiness. It's just happiness. So if you have two glasses of water and one has 53% full and one is 47% full, then the 53% full is the obvious choice because it's all the same. It's mm -hmm. just happiness. Yeah. But that begs the question, I've, and this is the thing I've been struggling with endlessly, and it's kind of, a, it's a little metaphysical, but is the goal of life to just maximize your happiness, or is the goal of life to not necessarily maximize your happiness, actually maybe sacrifice some of your happiness and experience, I don't, I don't want to call it suffering, but now I'm seeming really biased. <laughs> I, I'm not. I actually am very interested in having kids yeah. conceptually. Yeah. <laughs> um, is the goal of life really not about maximizing that happiness, but experiencing a lot of things that sometimes aren't that great and sometimes involve a lot of struggle and conflict and work to get through? And in the end, when you get to the finish line, maybe your happiness glass is a little less full than the person who didn't have kids, but somehow your life was more meaningful and you feel more like something that's not defined as happiness, but still gets you the win. Yeah, <laughs> you got there. Or the water glass, the less full one is like more potent with happiness. Like the no, happiness no, no, no. We you already feel agree that happiness is a pure element. <laughs> you can't have more potent water. Okay, we have to let our guests talk for a while. Kelty, thoughts on that? Oh no, it's, this is very entertaining. Now we're just, things are getting really juicy here. Um, I mean, I, I think we have to back that up and say, is there one objective truth or meaning to life? Right. Mm. Like, mm -hmm. or, or do we de determine what our own meaning is? <laughs> yeah. And is it about happiness, just pure happiness or having this diversity of experiences? I mean, I think it's going to be hard for anybody child-free, not, ch you know, with, with kids, regardless to not have this diversity of emotions, suffering, like that's just the nature of life. And we're not mm. going to omit ourselves from that by not having kids, like of the course. loss, the suffering, et cetera. Likewise, we're not going to not have meaning just because we don't have kids. And I, I have, there was an article, I think in like the Atlantic or New York times by somebody who said, yeah, effectively. And we, we hear a lot of people say this, that by not having kids, your life doesn't have as much meaning like point blank. It's pretty mm -hmm. clear to see. And it's like, well, it depends what's meaningful for you. I think my life has an immense amount of meaning to it. Um, mm -hmm. it it's not about procreation, but for some people it is. And that, that's OK, too. So what gets me and to get back to bias is how obviously that article was written by someone with children. <laughs> yes. Like that's correct. <laughs> yeah. Like even to get back to defensiveness, if you were to tell someone that you're waffling on this decision and they have children, it feels like 
I, it often, not always, but often feels like they get defensive. And just as when I even pulled our listeners that our guests, you were child free by choice, someone, multiple people said, well, I wonder how unbiased she can be for the case to have children. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I guessed accurately that they all had children. So yeah. I don't know if there is really a question to be asked here. I guess, why do you think it's such an emotional topic? Why do you think that we all can't just live and let live? Well, I mean, I, I think it's emotional for a, emotional for a couple of reasons. One of which is, like we say, I mean, it's it's effectively the biggest choice that a person will make, one way yeah. or the other, right? Mm-hmm. Like this is specifically having kids. It's it's irrevocable, irreversible, whatever the word is. You know, it's lots of those things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Be undone. There, there's a thing in psychology we call confirmation bias, which you know, once we make a choice, we look for evidence to then support mm-hmm. and confirm yes. that choice. And so, yes. of course, mm-hmm. if you have chosen to have kids, you are looking for the reasons why that is a good choice. So, you know. People talk about regret in parenthood, how it's little discussed. You know, there's some discussion around it. It's predominantly anonymous. People are totally destroyed on the internet if they, yeah, if yes. they have regrets. Yeah. Have you read <laughs> Regretting Motherhood? You the monster. Study? Is it on Reddit or? Uh, no. So it was a book. It was a study a okay. published. And I think she, the the author, uh, she interviewed 23, maybe 27 mothers anonymously. And the book, literally, it's called Regretting Motherhood. Obviously, everyone's anonymous. But it was fascinating. And maybe this is a good segue into the topic of regret. It was fascinating how how much more regret there was than you are led to believe because everyone's just afraid to admit it. And then you're kind of torn like, is that, you know, obviously she selected these people to interview because they regretted motherhood. So is that really a fair, is it, you know, 27 out of how many thousands who don't regret it? You know, it gets really complicated. So we can get into regret right now. (laughs) Regret, regret, regret. (laughs) Regret, regret, regret. (laughs) Okay. So first, Cal to you, personal question. Are you scared you will regret your decision, your 99% decision? Yeah, I mean, I'm scared and anxious about a lot of things in life. So (laughs) partly, yes. Like, partly I think, oh, maybe I will come to be elderly and I will have no one else in my life to love and care for me and I won't have had kids and maybe I'll regret. For me, it's it's really like looking at the very end of life thing because, and I I think one thing we need to ask is like, what underpins this? Because this question of who's going to take care of me when I'm old, we can look at that from a really practical sort of functional perspective and be like, well, you can have the state look after you or pay money to have someone look after you or what have you. I don't think that's what the question is. I think mm-hmm. the question really is like, will I be lonely when I'm old? Will I be alone when I die? Like, I, I think there's something bigger underneath of that. And I think the question to ask with all of this, like pros and cons, if you're sort of navigating through this is like, what really resides underneath of that? What's the desire that you have? Is it for connection? Is it for unequivocal love from somebody, unconditional love? You know, if that's really what's under it, having somebody there to support you through your difficult times, I don't believe that having your own children is the only way to do that. And I do, there's no safeguards or guarantees in life, but I think we can be proactive about, you know, cultivating great relationships with people, Mm -hmm. making sure we have community, making sure that we've thought these things through when we're in like a healthy younger state of mind. So Mm. anyways, that's a sidebar, but I haven't answered the big regret question. Yeah. Are you scared you'll regret it? Sometimes, not usually, sometimes. Um, Like I say, I don't think I'll regret. I think for me, it's not about the regret of will I have, uh, will I regret not having kids? I think it's more the fear of will I be alone at the end, which to me is a little bit different. 
Mm. Yeah. I think regretting having kids is a sense of like, I've missed out on all of these amazing, rich life experiences. I don't think I'll feel that way because we'll call it, I'm, you know, partway, halfway, maybe hopefully a bit less than halfway through my life. And right now I feel like I have an immense amount of meaning and connection in my life. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And my thinking is I will continue to cultivate these relationships with my siblings, you know, with my mom, as long as she's here with nieces and nephews, with friends. Mm -hmm. Um, so Provided that I do that, I don't think I'll regret not having kids. I do sometimes worry, like, are my brothers actually going to be looking out for me if they're busy with their own lives? Or maybe they, like, you know, die before me or what have you. So. Mm -hmm. You just touched on something that I think I remember reading in one of the many books I've read on this topic. But the idea of regret, to think that you will, you know, if you make a decision, you're pretty sure about it, to worry you'll regret it is to assume that you will change drastically, like it is interesting to think that you are, you know, we're ourselves. And sometimes I even have these moments when I'm editing the podcast. I joke with Andy, I'll I'll be editing and watching and I'll be like, oh, I really wish I'd said this. And then I will say it like as I, what I'm watching, I end up saying it. And I'm like, that's so crazy. This thing. That's I, what you would have done. Yeah, it's what I would have done. And so and I end up feeling weirdly proud of myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I know that feeling. <laughs> yeah. It's just interesting how. I suppose, you know, to have 99% certainty, that's pretty damn certain mm -hmm. in this day and age. Extremely to certain. think that you will regret it immensely is to think that you will be a, very changed one day. Like very, which, yeah, things can change you. You can evolve and adapt and all these things. But that's, uh, you know, you, you're quite certain. And so it's like to doubt your future self in a way. Yeah. Or for yeah, your future self to doubt about you. Like I'm a huge lover of being active in the outdoors in nature. It, like, and I, not to compare my love of nature is like me choosing not to have kids, but it almost be like, I'm like, oh, flowers, like, oh, being on a mountain, <laughs> gross. Like, I don't like it. Like, I just can't foresee that happening. So, um, <laughs> I, I don't know, maybe this sounds like a cocky thing to say, but like regret is just not in my lexicon. Like, you know, people talk about what's your biggest regret regret. I'm like, I don't have regrets because and you might say you can't help the way you feel because I also worry and I obsess over things and I ruminate and all these things that I know aren't fundamentally good for me, but I just feel like it's such a wasted emotion. I'm like, why would you regret something? You can't change the past. All you can do is really look at your present and how you're going to, you know, intentionally move your life moving forward. So again, it's trade-offs. Are there parts of it that I might come to think like that would have really been nice or beautiful or amazing? Yeah. But like to Andy's point, you know, I've gained other things from it. I've gained immense freedom. I've really been able to invest in the relationship I have with my husband. I've been, you know, whatever, what have you, all these other things I've done thus far. Yeah. Okay. I think if you're happy where you are at any given point in time, regretting things you've done in the past is a fool's errand. It's not healthy. Uh, I mean, I've done stupid things. Don't get me wrong. So, I, I hope so. <laughs> we can I hope talk so. about that another time. But yeah. I'm like, well, that wasn't my best choice, but we move on. <laughs> so one more question on regret. Do you think regret is used as a tool to pressure women to have children? As in, you'll regret it one day if you don't, but who will look after you when you're old? Yada, yada, yada. It 100% is. I mean, there are many examples of women who, for example, have looked to have like tubal litigation done so that they can not be able to get pregnant. And every single person like who will not allow them to do that, namely the medical professionals, mm -hmm. it's like, you, you'll regret it. You're, a, you're too young, young to make this choice. B, you don't know your own mind. You know, you're going to regret if you do that. I don't think it's like, 
you know, when we talk about societal control, I don't think there's all these like, you know, people sitting behind computers who are like, ha, now we're going to control all the women or, you know, the, the parents or what have you would be parents. But I do think it's a mechanism of control. It's like, it's kind of preemptively shaming people into doing something because I don't know, because it's good for society, because that's what other people do. Because I think when people don't necessarily question their own choices, they don't want people to question theirs. Mm. So I think it's a mechanism control, but I also think it really just speaks to everyone else's fears. And ultimately, we worry about regretting our decisions. We worry about being lonely. We worry about not being supported. I think more than that, more than even control, I think it speaks to other people's insecurities, which, you know, we have got them. We're human. Mm. Okay. I have three more. The first is, what are your husband's thoughts on the matter? Because I'm sure this, I'm sure you get asked this. When you say you're child-free by choice, people are like, but what does your husband say? Mm -hmm. So was there a formal conversation? What is the man of the house? (laughs) Oh, God, yeah, we we should ask him. Um, So, you know, it's interesting because I was reading an article about this the other day from someone else who coaches people around, like, you know, this question of whether they want to have kids. And she said it's like this question is something that basically should not be a point not to say it shouldn't be a point of discussion, but it's something that should be decided in and of yourself. And I, I actually agree with that in the sense that, of course, if you're in a partnership, a marriage, a long-term relationship, what have you, this is something that you want to be talking about. And I think you want to be talking about it really early on. Mm. Um, that said, Chris really didn't apply a huge amount of pressure either way to me. Like he, So he essentially was very similar to me. He was kind of like, I could have kids. I could not have kids. There's things about it that could be great. There's things about it that I wouldn't necessarily like. He didn't have angst around it. That was really interesting. Like it, I was really like, holy shit, I need to make a decision. You know, my fertility is waning. I'm almost 40. God forbid I need to decide. I've never seen him in that sort of like state of panic, mm. um, which is maybe his personality versus mine. But I think mm. part of that is, Men well, he has the program the same yeah, way. He has the luxury of being a man. Yeah. He could have kids in like 20 years if yeah. he wants. It's totally fine. So, you know, we've always talked about it. We've talked about kind of like pros and cons, what we like or wouldn't like about it. This journey that I've gone on, you know, talking to the therapist, um, reading the articles, doing journaling around it, what have you, that's really been private and personal. I think he didn't want to sway me because his thinking was if he said, hey, let's do it, let's have kids. He worried that I would say, sure, babe, let's do it. You know, I love you. Let's have a family. Let's. And he goes, I think I'm a bit concerned you would be resentful about it and not really be happy being a mom. And I, I almost was kind of insulted that he would think that. Like, <laughs> do you really think I would be so miserable about it and I would regret it? I, I'm glad he felt that way. I'm glad he didn't apply pressure either way. And I think there's some truth in it. And I have to say, it's hard for me to think about not having a child if I became pregnant, but at the same time, the thought of becoming pregnant terrifies me more than it ever did when I was like 20 and single, single, which is mm. really interesting. Like yeah. Very long partnership is. with a great guy who would be an amazing father. He's a great uncle. So that to me is very telling. The fact that getting pregnant scares the you know what out of me, like to wrap that up with a, a bow, this big package I've just created for you. Um, my husband was also kind of ambivalent. We've always had discussions about it. Every time we see friends who are about to have kids, who have had kids, we're around kids, we're around his nieces and nephews. We always have like a debrief of like, oh my God, how was that? You know, what do you think? We're perfect parents because we don't have kids, right? Like we love to be commentators on other people's child rearing. (laughs) And now that, I guess, again, I, I used the expression before, like we've leaned into this choice. We really celebrate not having kids. We used to call it 
LBK. It was our abbreviation, which was life before kids. Now it's the German, which is Leben ohne Kinder, which means life without kids. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we've graduated our abbreviation. <laughs> so yeah, he's, he's very much on the same page as me. Okay. Because I think the Shandies would come after me if I didn't touch on this. The second most brought up question. So the first one was, what about when I'm when I'm old, who will look mm-hmm. after me, even mm-hmm. though people were very self-aware that that was not a reason to have children. The second most asked question, I was actually surprised by this, was the state of the world. A lot of people would say that not having children is selfish. That's a common theme, right? That yes. we come across. Mm-hmm. And I was just reading that this year, we are going to hit 8 billion people, population Earth. And this planet is clinging on desperately with its last fingernail in our presence. To say that it's selfish to not have kids with that consideration is absurd. If anything, the reason I would have a kid, which I we may have a kid, mm-hmm. a kid, <laughs> it, we may have it, um, is purely selfish. And I would say bordering on narcissistic. Like I want a little... Of us, uh, more me. No, more you. Actually, <laughs> you would at least want more you me. without m- not my nose. Everything else. <laughs> I need percentages. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Whatever percent my nose is of my face, that's the percent that I don't want. So we want to have kids because we're selfish. Because we want a little us. We want to be like, look. And I'm not. This is a ridiculous thing to say. Oh, all humans have been selfish because they want to have kids. But let's face it. All animals are the same way. Have you ever seen like a a, a lion have a threatened by another male lion come in to even potentially have a baby. And it's, it, it's what do you mm-hmm. call a lion? A lion, a clan, uh, a client, oh. a lion den. No, a oh. lion. Uh, oh, pack. Uh, pack. Pack. Yes. Pack. He'll, I'm he'll like, f- is it a pack? <laughs> I don't know. I think it's, pride. Uh, it's a, a wolf. Pride. Pack. A pride. Yes. A pride. Thank you. Pride. It's a wolf. County pack. for the win over yeah. here. Yes. Thank you. Whew, we, that would have been rough. Wolf pack. Okay. So, and you see, they fight almost to the death. Because they want, it's not, they're not thinking about the world. They're not thinking, oh, I want to make the world. No, they're like, I want my genes, me, this lion, to be in that woman lion, (laughs) (laughs) that lady lion, and that's it. I don't want anybody else in there. And that's what really people are thinking. They're like, I want me to be passed on. It's and I'm not saying this is this is bad or it's it's selfish in a bad way. I'm just Mm -hmm. saying that for people to for the the majority of people to think that not having kids is a selfish choice in the in the state the world's in and in just the general evolutionary drive that all living things have is absurd what is your opinion in light of the fact that we're about to hit eight billion people on this planet is it an ethical choice to have a child in any way in the situation we're in now well, I mean, there's so many parts to this question, because if you're going to say it's unethical to have kids, we can say that a lot of what we're doing, we're consuming, you know, the cars mm-hmm. we drive, what have you, the lights we've got on that you know, it's unethical. I've got my ring light on right now. I shouldn't, you know, probably shouldn't be doing that with but the state I'm, of our. <laughs> but I'm one person doing that. Now yeah. I'm going to make another person doing the same thing. So, yeah, yeah. I'm committing one sin, but am I going to well, create another equal sin? I wish I had stats and numbers for you. Sadly, I do not. But like we know the carbon footprint, so to speak, of a child, like raising a child. It's immense. They say that like, yeah, children reproducing, being, a you know, it, it, it's it's cause it's damaging to the environment a hundred percent, just like eating meat is damaging to the environment, right? Like Mm -hmm. these things, they have a real impact. 
I, I think to say it's unethical, it's like it's faulting people. I think, you know, some people really want to have kids. They're excited by this prospect for whatever reason, selfish or not. Um, it's an experience they want to have. So I'm not suggesting that you shouldn't do it because it's selfish. I, I, on the flip side, I think this notion that it's selfish to be child free. I think actually a lot of the people I've talked to this question of like the state of our world, specifically in the environment does figure into their choice. They know that it's actually typically less impactful or detrimental to the environment to, to not have kids. I, I think the selfishness thing comes in because parents recognize having kids and raising kids is a sacrifice, right? We talk about the freedom, like mm -hmm. there's certain things that you give up and the idea of sort of feeding your own wants, needs, growth, desires, et cetera, that seems selfish. Um, and I think we have that wrong in society in so many ways, you know, it pertains to career as well, like how we spend our time and energy. If we want to look at, is it, is it bad for the planet to have kids? Yes, it is. Is it unethical? I don't know. I wouldn't go so far out as to say it's unethical, but I also agree with you that there's absolutely nothing selfish about choosing not to have kids. Mm. One could make the argument that in many ways it's actually um, non-selfish, right? I'm not bringing someone else into this world to cause more problems, to pollute the planet, to right. screw things up. Well, the reason <laughs> I was saying it's unethical yeah. to have children, which I don't believe, like I'm, I'm playing pure devil's advocate here, but that is the flip side to saying it's selfish to not have children. Mm. Yeah. And I think that it's if you want to do the, you know, the glass that's 53 versus 47, to me, there's no question that it's slightly more unethical <laughs> to have children than it is selfish to not have children. If not yeah, slightly I, more. Yeah, which 40. you would not bring up if people did not call not having children selfish. Absolutely. Yes. If people never said it's yeah. selfish to not have children, I would be like, have all the kids you want. I don't mm -hmm. judge yeah, at yeah. all. But yeah. But if they're going to say that, then you have to have a counter argument. To yeah. That. And the counter argument people, is stronger. Yeah. I think people need to like stay in their lane where it concerns not all people's choices, because of course, you know, if everybody decided to suddenly have 10 children, like we'd have a huge problem. Mm -hmm. um, there's, of course, the proponents that say, and I know like Elon Musk was heading this up on Twitter the other day, that like, so the argument is that we need to have more children for the sus like our, our planet will not sustain itself if we don't have more kids because there's right. not going to be enough people to look after older people. Like, so there's people saying it's actually irresponsible not to have kids. I've heard of them saying that we should be taxing people who don't have kids. Like, I mean, I've, I've heard wow. all sorts of crazy things. So, Oof. yeah, but that's not a self um, solving solution. That's just making the, that's just continuing the problem down the road, just kicking the can. I mean, it's going to keep getting worse and worse. Yeah, and that doesn't take the plant, the condition of the yeah. planet and our lifestyles, our carbon footprints into account. Yeah. You can also say pull off the Band-Aid and just let's start to get cutting, cutting yeah, it down. Yeah, yeah. Half a kid per person. <laughs> <laughs> exactly yeah. half. All right, Kelty. One more question and then I we're going to set you free. I promise. <laughs> no, I'll come back anytime and talk about this or any other clarity issues. I love this. Okay, <laughs> awesome. So do you think to question this decision to the extent many of us do, certainly the three of us in this conversation right now, and certainly many people who asked questions about this when I polled them, is to overthink it? Where's the line between being overanalytical and just being a critical thinker? A trait which, frankly, I think many might say would make for a great parent. Mm-hmm. So I do think there's probably a line in certain other areas of life. And I think we can get so stuck in sort of like ruminating and analyzing our choices that we never really act and do anything that we want in our lives. That said, I, I do think if there's going to be a choice that people should overthink, having kids is probably one of them. I think that there should be, you know, should be, uh, maybe I shouldn't tell people to do, but I think this is something that we need to 
not treat lightly. I mean, uh, we can make an argument that a lot of the problems we have in the world is because people have not been like brought up with parents who necessarily like fully love them and like that are brought up in a healthy environment. And I think, is it kind of um, a little bit crazy making for the people who are doing the overthinking? A hundred percent. But I would never say you're thinking about this too much. Just make a choice. So mm. yeah, I mean, the line's going to be personal, but I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing. It's an uncomfortable thing. We don't like being in this, like this middle gray area as humans, we like to operate in like one extreme or the other. A lot of the time, yeah. um, I think, I think it's more of a question of us being able to get comfortable with discomfort. I love that. That's mm-hmm. a great place to end this good conversation. Bucket. It's both unsatisfying and satisfying <laughs> at the same time. For it's so good. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> Kelty, thank you so very much for joining us to tackle yes. this monster topic. Tough one. Tough yeah, one. this was a tough one. And we're just so grateful that you came on and shared your story and your perspectives with us. Thank, thank you. you. Yeah, I just want to thank you for having me on. And I think the most important thing out of this conversation that I could give people is like, you know, let's really make sure that we're in the driver's seats of our own lives, really thinking to the best of our ability about how we want to live, you know, whether we choose to have kids and the kind of kids we want to raise or whether we decide not to. And yeah, just to, to be able to celebrate and embrace other people's choices. Like I am all for, if people want to be parents, fantastic. If you want to not have kids, awesome. Like I think we just need to really, we need this diversity. We need people who are single. We need people in partnerships. We need people who are parents. We need people who aren't. So let's try and be a little bit more supportive of one another in our choices that we make. Agreed. Agreed. I like that. Yes. Let's do that in everything. Yeah. Not just kids. (laughs) Let's all be happy with each other. Yeah. How about that? Yeah. Well, we'll try. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Stop yelling. Stop yelling at everybody. (laughs) For, for, For not agreeing with us. For not agreeing with you. Yeah. All right, Kelty, love that closing statement. And thank you so much. Bye. 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 <sighs> oh, yeah. That's good. So that so, was that was that was a lot. She was great. Yeah. That is that I knew this was gonna be a tough it's topic. It's a tough one. I'm sweating. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's hard. We're sweating in more ways than one. I feel like I was so conscious of not trying to seem like we were steering one way or the other. I don't, I don't mean for us just in general, like I really meant for this to flow like a conversation and not like a, you should do this and not do that. And I like how you went out of your way to be like, the only reason I mentioned the selfishness thing is because that is brought up so often. Mm -hmm. And I, again, like I got heated in this sometimes because it's so easy to make the arguments against having kids <laughs> as much as I'm 100% on the fence. Like yeah. I, I see the good in both sides. Yeah. I see the bad in both sides. Yeah, like, for anyone I wondering, Andy is not anti-kids. No, I am no. I am totally unbiased yeah, to yeah. both sides. Yeah. But I find- Almost to a fault. To a fault. Yeah. Yeah, it's up to, I wish I was biased. Yeah, I wish I, same. <laughs> we both wish we were biased. Yes. Well, let's get, let's become more biased. Yeah. Let's make that well, a goal that's gonna have for to 2022. Happen <laughs> we have to become more biased this year. Um, a New Year's resolution. So it's just easier. And that's not to say it's the wrong choice to have kids. It's so much easier to make the arguments for me against kids mm-hmm. as a devil's advocate. Yeah. I find it just it's just the path of least resistance. Mm-hmm. But then again, you can make that argument. You know, you can say that about anything like 
I don't want to jump in the pool because it's too cold. Yeah. So you'll never learn how to swim. You know, you, yeah. I'm sure there's a million other analogies. Yeah, but, but, the, but it's not a good argument to say just because you can make good arguments to not do something, you should not do it. But just as someone with kids who can make a million good arguments for having children because it's it's given them meaning in their lives or whatever. What do I know? I don't have yeah, kids. Yeah. How, who am I to talk? Yeah. And I agree with that. Yeah, totally. Yeah. It's, They're both sides. Both sides. Good arguments on both sides. Yeah, this is one of those topics that you just kind of end up going around in circles with. Yeah. And I envy the people who are black and white on this. Oh, so good. Oh. Clarity. Clarity. Never even one day yeah. of conflict. Yeah. I know people like that. I was like, how did that happen? Yeah. Why didn't I get that? Yeah. There is the least clear answer on this topic than anything in the universe. Yeah. I agree. I mean, I used to think there was something wrong with me for feeling that way, but I'm comforted by the shandies, our shandies, to know that we're not alone. You know, a lot of people, and I think this is obviously, not obviously, but maybe generational. It's as society becomes more and more advanced, I believe this becomes more and more of an issue. Yeah. And as women also Mm -hmm. have more and more options in their careers. Yeah. You know, that is also a big factor. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Maybe the biggest factor. It's, yeah, it's possible. Yeah. I don't know if we'll ever really know. (laughs) Anyway, do you think we, I mean, we we could continue to go in circles, but I feel like maybe people have had enough. (laughs) All right, let's go have a baby. (laughs) Let's let's go make some babies. Yeah, I'm going to go put a baby in you. (laughs) Okay, I think that's a wrap. I think it is. As much as we can. We're not going to solve this problem here. No. But we have given a lot of food for thought. That was the goal. Hence my disclaimer at the top of this episode. Mm -hmm. It was really important to me to just talk about this because I think that not enough people do. And to find a guest who I felt. Look, I could find a clarity coach who has had kids, but not to say that they wouldn't also have great insight, but. It is a lot harder to find someone who who doesn't, who also does this for a living. The thing is, there's always bias. Yes, it's like the experiment. You get there's I forget it's the uh, someone's uh, the uh, the Schrodinger's cat. I forget. There's something in science where if if you're observing an experiment, you're already changing the results by Ah. observation. It has to do with like light. Oh my god, that's you with this podcast. Totally. Yeah. For anyone wondering, we've mentioned this before, but you are. You've gotten better. Yeah. But in the beginning, like even your camera, I can't point Andy's camera, like the screen that shows what's being filmed at him. Because I can do it he's, now. I can do it. He's a little bit better, but he the awareness, it points towards me so I can see it and he can't. Because yeah. the awareness of being filmed and recorded for a podcast affects how you behave. I didn't know why you have to make that so personal. <laughs> Anyway, back to my no, point. No, it's endearing. I think it makes you less of a ham. Okay, thank you. I'll take that compliment. <laughs> Backhanded it, if it may be. But my point is, my point is, yes, is anybody who doesn't have kids, for the most part, is biased in that department. And anyone who has kids is naturally biased with kids. Yes. Rarely. And I mean, I've done the poll, as of you. Mm-hmm. I've asked everybody with kids. They're like, so how is it? Give me the, give me, <laughs> give me the skinny. What, what, what do you got here? Yeah. And- 
almost everybody with kids is like, oh, it's great. You know, it's great. Yeah, I have kids. It's great. Once in a while, I'll get yeah, that honest person. Once in a while, yeah. which is refreshing. I'll get someone who's like, yeah. eh, you know, if you make sure you want to have kids for yeah. your kids. You know, I'll get that. But mostly people like if you have the kids, you immediately are infused with both biological and, and just. And as she said, confirmation bias. Confirmation bias is so yeah. much bias. And yeah. I don't blame them. No, it's not a criticism. Yeah. So you can just as when you talk to people who are against it, like they've made the clear black and white decision not to, you're also going to get the same thing. Yes. You all literally have to ask Buddha this question. <laughs> you can't like Buddha, I assume, doesn't have kids, though. So that's that he's probably biased. <laughs> he's like, well, I have a good life. I give people a lot of good advice and I don't I have a lot I, of time I'm, to I'm do it. I'm happy and fulfilled. Yeah, I have time to give a lot of advice without I, any any problems. Yeah. The people I give advice to are my children. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's my children. I have eight billion children. Oh my goodness. All right. Okay. Well, let's wrap. Yep. Let's yeah, do before it. we embarrass ourselves. Yeah, if we haven't already. <laughs> Any further. Yes. If you enjoyed what you heard today, you know what we will ask of you. And that is to like, subscribe, hit the notification bell, follow us on Instagram. That's at Dear Shandy. Mm-hmm. On TikTok, also at Dear Shandy. Mm-hmm. Uh, leave us Apple and Spotify yeah, podcast yeah, yeah. ratings and reviews. That's a big one. Big one. A big one. Do all the things you would do to support a podcast you enjoy. And that's a wrap. Yep. On a tough one. We solved it. A tough <laughs> We solved Case it. Case cracked. Case closed. Mm-hmm. Got it. Thank you so much for tuning in and we will see you next time on Dear Shandy. Bye-bye.